Parents, if you've worked on the environment and tried to influence people to pollute less, you've probably found that there are issues among family that are different than issues among other people. That's certainly the case with me. So today I'm going to talk about parents and how things are going with mine. A couple of weeks ago, my mom, I was telling her about how polluted the city is. I hope you saw the pictures after the Queer Liberation March and the Pride March in, in uh, Greenwich Village. And I'm saying how much it's polluted. And she says, Josh, it's clearly bothering you. Why don't you just move away from it if you don't like it so much? My dad, I've invited him to be on this podcast many times, and he keeps declining. And I said, I invited him in some way that was meeting the priorities I thought he had before. And he said he didn't want to do it. But I think my read, and this is just my read, but I think he read my inviting him as me wanting him on it. And so he started doing this transactional thing of like, well, if you want this from me, then I want this from you. He didn't say it like that, but he was like, trying to get something, trying to cajole me into that. Now, to move away from the problem is the opposite of my mission. This is like saying to a boxer, if you keep fighting with the person, why don't you just stop boxing? The point is to be where the problem is, to solve the problem, not to run away from it. That's what's been causing the problem all this time. Nearly everyone else identifies my work as helping the world, even if they don't see the under underlying, the beauty and the harmony and the glory and such that I find in leading others in solving this problem. But my parents get annoyed and they try to change me. So why this discrepancy? If you listen to the podcast, you're probably interested in leading people on sustainability. You probably face different problems when you try to lead your families than when you try to lead other people. Maybe my story will help your situation. And I want to be clear on the outset. My parents love me. They support their son. Or something pretty close to me, like Josh Prime, just a little bit off from me. How is it that my sharing my mission with them results in so much misunderstanding? I want to tell you about a pivotal life moment. This was about 20 years ago. I was working at a company, and there was some conflict between me and someone else. I don't remember exactly what the problem was, but I remember that our manager said, the person that we both reported to, and said, all right, what's the problem? Each of you share what the issue is, and let's try to resolve it. I thought, what? Wait, what? Why would I say what the problem was? It's weird for me to say that now, but growing up in my family, we did not share problems. If there was a conflict between people, talking about it was the problem. So that moment was revolutionary with my manager in the, about 20 years ago because I said, why would I share it? I don't, that's, isn't that the wrong thing to do? That exposes it. And she says, yes, only by knowing what the problem is can we resolve it. My gut wanted to say, You're, are you crazy? But intellectually, I thought, well, that makes total sense. I just had never been exposed to that before. I don't remember exactly what happened. We probably shared the problems. You know, I shared my side, the other person shared the other side, and then we resolved it together. I'm not sure I forget, but I can tell you why I didn't want to share it because when I look back at my memories, I have memories of sharing problems with my dad and him bellowing with anger. And I remember, and this was me when I was a little kid, and my mom wouldn't bellow. I remember her, it would be more like playing the martyr, showing that she was hurt and implied that the person bringing up the problem hurt her, not the conflict, bringing up the conflict. After all, if no one brought it up, she wouldn't feel bad. So I learned as a child not to expose conflict. All those years, I would just let it fester. I would sweep it under the rug. And looking back now, I'm sad at the relationships that I lost, not knowing how to resolve conflict, just letting it fester, not doing anything about it. Then after that job, not long after that, I went to business school. And in business school, there's courses in negotiation and leadership, and I learned to manage conflict. Now, when there's conflict, I see the way to solve it, the way to resolve You can just let it fester. Sometimes that's the best course of action. If you're not going to deal with the person anymore again or for whatever reason, 
You can let it fester, but I prefer to share it in a way that we both can resolve it. My model for conflict, for exposing it, you know, in relationships, I don't think you can avoid having conflict. Different people have different values. Even people who agree on, on very many things, there's some things they don't agree on. So there's going to be conflict. My view of resolving conflict is like when a bone breaks, it heals stronger where the break was than had it not broken. I view conflict as a way of resolving things, as a way of making the relationship stronger. On top of that, I also learned to manage emotions, learning the difference between a given emotion, even when I don't like. So emotions I don't like to feel, anxiety, helplessness, hopelessness, guilt, shame, inadequacy, insecurity. Now there's a difference between those emotions, as I see it, and suffering and misery, which are like meta emotions, emotions that arise from other emotions. So if something happens to, happens to make me feel helpless, if I can't do anything about it, like say it's raining, I can't stop it from raining. There's other things I can do, but there's a difference between feeling helpless about un being unable to change the rain and, and feeling miserable or suffering because I can't do anything about it. I can't change that I'm going to feel helpless sometimes, but the misery that comes out, I don't need to feel. I can feel shame, but not misery, which allows me to face emotions like shame and act on it, to change myself, to grow. I hope I'm not sharing dirty laundry here, but I have not seen that self-awareness in my parents. Maybe it's there and I haven't seen it. I haven't really looked for it. But as I see it, or at least growing up, once they feel the emotion that they don't like, that's the end of the story. The situation is bad. The way out is to change the subject and not deal with it. Facing, handling, and resolving conflict is one big thing that's a big part of my life. There's another. Science. Understanding nature. Seeing the beauty of nature. To me, conservation of energy is one of the most beautiful things around. On its own, as a mathematical physical concept, as an experimental result, also connecting everything and everyone. If I turn on a light switch, some people don't like that that means that there's nothing I can do. Turning on that light switch is going to draw power from some coal plant somewhere and it's going to pollute. I may not want it to, but it does. Some people wish they could act and not have to deal with other people with every little thing that they do. When I get the conservation of energy, when I get how we're all connected, that's beautiful to me that I have to think about other people with everything that I do is not a burden. It's connection. It connects me with everyone and everything. That to me is beautiful. That's one of the most, that's why I got into science was that beauty. Now, I don't remember my parents ever showing any interest for science or my study of nature. I want to be clear. They supported it. They supported me pursuing it. What I mean is that I don't think that it means anything to them. I don't think that they get what science, what nature is about. In some ways, they get it better than I do. My mom grew up on a farm. I'm sure she knows some things much better than I do. And I'm sure the things that I don't get. But I don't know if they get like what a differential equation is, what an integral is. They can probably read a chart, but maybe not a very complex one. I doubt that they've ever read my thesis. I don't know if I've given it to them. Uh, that's on me. But I can't imagine they understand a differential equation, let alone see the profound beauty in it. So as I understand my parents, they can make no sense in my working on sustainability. Regarding my connection to others, they've already decided how to live their lives. To include the people hurt by their decision makes their lives worse. They want to turn on the air conditioner because my mom grew up without air conditioning. She grew up, there were mosquitoes all over the place in the summer. She doesn't want to go back to that. She wants to live a certain way. And if I tell her that that hurts people, that makes her life worse. If ignoring how their behavior hurts others, if that makes them feel better, as far as they're concerned, the problem's solved. They feel better. What's the problem? To bring up at that time that others are suffering for our decisions, that just makes them feel bad. Why not just talk about relatives or who's doing what? Other things than the problem. From their view, I'm talking about something abstract, science and nature, that makes them feel bad, conflict. The possibility of seeing beauty, 
or changing culture, let alone individuals, is as best I can tell beyond them. I'm sure there's facets of them that I haven't seen. This is just my read of things. Longtime listeners know that in the past, I described myself as meathead in relation to them. Meathead, if you saw the show All in the Family, a big, huge hit show, I think in the 70s, maybe also 80s, there's a guy, a character called Meathead. He was the son of the main character, Archie Bunker. Meathead believed, it, and his name wasn't Meathead, it was Michael, I forget his last name. He was the son-in-law of the main character, Archie Bunker. But I'll call him Meathead because that's what Archie, the main character, called him. Meathead believes in equal rights across racial, sexual, and class lines. This is in the 70s when this was on the forefront. People didn't necessarily believe in equal rights for women, equal rights for people of different skin color. Most of us would agree with him, and same at that time watching the show, inequality. But he lives in Archie Bunker's house. And in that house, the roles were prescribed from his time by race, sex, and class, and equality angered him. The wife's job was to be in the home. That's the way it was. Edith, his wife, didn't like that, but that's the way things were, and that's the way he grew up. And why would people change that? To him, it got him angry when people tried to change that. But Archie was written to be the main character of the show. He was the racist with the heart of gold. But what's easy to lose sight of when the show is written to make him understandable is that a racist with a heart of gold is still a racist. So while I'm meathead today, the issues today are not sexually, well, there are issues of sexual equality and racial equality and things like that, but I'm talking about the environment. So while I'm meathead, that is to say, I'm trying to reduce pollution. I'm trying to reach sustainability. I believe that a TV show with them and me, they might be the characters that everyone understands because most people pollute, but I think they would agree with me that we want sustainability. We want clean air, clean water, clean land. If I'm meathead with regard to the environment, they're the polluters with the heart of gold. Well, polluters with hearts of gold are still polluters. They're still hurting people. Now, I may be taking a big jump here, but the more that I see how the system of slavery evolved into the system of pollution today, that is, it's one in the same system, if that seems like a big jump to you, I'll link to my blog post with the charts, or not charts, but uh, diagrams that show how the two systems are the same. And historically, one evolved into the other. Keeping in mind the biggest difference between the system then and the system now is that the scale of the pain, suffering, and cruelty today is much, much greater today. In that every year today, I'll put a headline in that 9 million people today, a year, die from just breathing polluted air among the many ways that people suffer. That's just one of them. 9 million a year, it took centuries for the Atlantic slave trade to reach that kind of number. But the more that I see that system evolved into this one, the more that I see a divide like the households that split among slavery lines during the American Civil War. Sometimes a family member supported slavery and another supported abolition. That conflict may have torn some families apart. I'd like to think everyone today, if magically transported back to a slaveholder, surrounded by other slaveholders, so if you, listener, were magically transported back and you woke up tomorrow morning as a slaveholder, and it doesn't matter what color, what skin color you are, you have today, Imagine back then you were a white slaveholder. I'd like to believe that everyone would choose abolition. But I think that many people, maybe most, if honest with themselves, if they woke up magically, made a slaveholder, surrounded all around you by slavery culture in the middle of the South, no matter their skin color today, if they were white slaveholder then, and whatever your politics are today, I think many people today would support slavery. Not to support slavery itself, but not to shake things up. And I believe that because you can tell by how many people today are polluting, surrounded by other polluters, and they avoid shaking things up. You see where I'm getting back to my parents, shaking things up. If we simply do what everyone around us does, we keep polluting. We have to shake things up. We have to address the conflict. What people don't get is that it's actually increasing the beauty of nature, of living in harmony with nature, but people don't get that. In the case of my mom and dad, 
I don't think that history will look kindly on polluters with hearts of gold, including them. I know they love me and they support me pursuing what I consider important, even if the connection between our behavior and helpless people suffering is for them, it's mostly abstract. They're over there, I'm over here. And it's otherwise a source of misery and suffering for them. But they can't see that human connection is beautiful to me. They can't see that to me, facing a problem can help solve it. Yes, there is the sharing of the conflict, but that's how we resolve it. We don't just have to accept a system handed down to us that makes what we enjoy hurt people. It doesn't have to be that way. We can resolve this. And this is why I'm not going to move away from my problem. I'm going to keep bringing it up, not to bother people, but because when people share the issues, then we can resolve them. If, if we keep sweeping them under the rug, we can't resolve them.